The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin with Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on voiceamerica.com. We have a specially pre-recorded program for you today, and we have a great program. My guest is Clara Villarosa, and Clara's new book is Down to Business, The First Ten Steps to Entrepreneurship for Women. Clara Villarosa opened the Human Experience Bookstore in Denver more than two decades ago and later opened a second enormously successful branch in Harlem. A business coach, she's led workshops for dozens of clients. The recipient of more than 30 awards, including the National Minority Entrepreneur of the Year Award, she lives in Harlem, New York. So welcome, Clara. Thank you. I'm here. Great, great. All the way from Harlem. All right. Well, you know, in today's troubled economy, more and more people are finding themselves out of work and not knowing where to turn. And you were one of those people 20 years ago. That's right. Now at 52, after years of climbing the corporate ladder, you, know, you found yourself uh, out of a job and desperate to make a living. You dusted yourself off and you launched the groundbreaking Human Experience, which is the largest African-American bookstore. And so now you've written a book all about this called Down to Business, The First Ten Steps for Entrepreneurship for Women. Yes. And you teach others how they can become successful entrepreneurs. Right. That's how it sort of got started. Um, I was doing the workshops at banks because people would come into the banks and ask for money, and they really weren't prepared. And so I started the workshop in order to help the, the bank customer. And the bank customer was taking copious notes and then and said to me, do you have a book or a takeaway or something? And I said, well, no, I don't write books. I sell books. And then uh, I started to think about it. And then I said, you know, maybe this is a book. And it turned out it was a book mm. because I was looking for something that would speak to women in a nice, a concise voice, really business, good business information. I was also looking for something where I could be inspired by other women. And so in this book, there are stories of 20 other women who have started businesses much like the audience. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I often heard, I can't write a business plan. So how do you do an elephant? Well, you chew on it one bite at a time. Mm-hmm. So with each chapter, I do exercises, and if you do the exercises, at the end of the book, you have a basic business plan. Mm. So you really teach women, I mean, from soup to nuts, really the basics. Yes. And you teach them how to become um, successful entrepreneurs. It's a challenge becoming an entrepreneur, though, Clara. There's risk involved. Sometimes there's money involved. Yes. 
um, you know, who should be doing this and who shouldn't. Well, I, in the, at the beginning of the book, I talk about what it takes to be an entrepreneur, and I describe the characteristics. And one of them is a self-starter. Because you start the business. If you've been working on a job and um, someone has to tell you what to do, then maybe opening your own business isn't for you because there's no one there to really tell you what to do. And most of the time, it's just you, and you have to figure out what you're doing. So it's problem-solving, self-starter, with management skills, interpersonal skills, because you're going to have to talk to customers, you're going to have to talk to vendors, uh, your, uh, your landlord. You are going to interact with a variety of people. So let's look at, are you prepared to do this? I believe I have wings, but do, I believe I can fly, but do I have the wings? Mm-hmm. And so I try to help women to look at themselves and also see, do you have a passion for this? Because you're going to spend a lot of your time in that business. I remember in retail, I said, I work from 9 to 9. Those are long hours. And so, thank you, I have a passion for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, that's, and passion is really a big component of this, isn't it? Yes, it is. As I said, you spend a lot of time doing it, and you better love, love it. Now, you've written this book for women. Have you written this book for African-American women or for all women? I started out, it's interesting that you ask, I started out with African-American women. However, what I realized is that this is generic. This is for all women. It's not necessarily African-American women because I started out because I was in Harlem, and and many of the businesses in Harlem were run by African-American women. But once I expanded it, I started to to look for women, Latinos, uh, Asian, all different types of women, because I say it's for women, but it's generic information, and it's for some good men, because a good man is one who listens to a woman when she's talking about business, and sometimes men have difficulty doing that. Mm. So it's really for everybody. It's for everybody. And when I've, I've talked to men who have read it, they said, this is such good information. You know, I'm used to talking to my mother, my sister, my aunts, and therefore I don't mind. I, matter of fact, I appreciate information from women. Let's talk about it in the real-life stories you know, that you talk about. Um, what would you say is the key component that all of these women had in common? Ah. Uh-huh. Well, one, they do have passion. They are self-starters. And most of them, which I found, and, and I didn't self-select, most of these women are uh, go-getters. They're high energy. Um, they understand about what it takes. Many of them have gone to college, and some of them have taken marketing, and so they, they understand about how to reach customers. So although I wasn't self-selecting, I found that most of the women in there had those kinds of uh, components or characteristics. Mm. And that's so, again, the passion is key, but also, as you said, Claire, you have to have the skills. Yes. You know, and and the stick-to-itiveness and also the staying power. The staying power and being optimistic. Mm-hmm. 
And so what, what I found is that if the women didn't have what they needed at the beginning or the skill sets, they knew where to go to get it. Um, woman in the first chapter, she went to her small business development center, and she found out that that's where she could get assistance. She had not gone to college, but she supplemented that. She needed some help from an architect. She was a go-getter. She went and found a mentor, an architect, to mentor her because she needed to read some blueprints. So if they didn't have it, what they needed, they knew where to go to get it. One of the things you write about in your book is about analyzing a competitor's marketing approach. How do you do that? All right. I took the time to go well, to identify my competitor, competitors. It, was, it wasn't just one. And once I did identify them, I looked at it. For instance, I, ordered, I sell books. I ordered books on Amazon. I wanted to see how long it took. I wanted to see how they did the shipping, and I wanted to see the customer service. Uh, and sometimes uh, some of the ladies went to work in, in the industry so that they could get a better sense of what it was like being there and why reinvent the wheel. Sometimes your competitors have some great ideas that you can borrow and use. You don't need to start from scratch. So you know what they do, who they are, what they do, what they do well, what they don't do well, and then how can you compete with them? And competition right. really is good because well, and you, you learn and you, you copy what works and you try something different that doesn't work. That's right. For them. So com- competition can be good. Sometimes you, you, you also talk about economic empowerment. What do you mean by economic empowerment? Clara? Really thinking about your, yourself. And when I say economic empowerment, I say get to know the numbers. Get to know about money. Get to know how things work financially. Read your finance, read, learn to read financials because those, those are, that's something that's going to help you in driving your business. So empower yourself and learn what's going on in your industry, what's going on around you economically, what's going on in your community, in your neighborhood. Is somebody investing in building up the economics in your neighborhood or in your community or in your city or your state? These are things that you can do for yourself to gather information so you become empowered. All right. We're going to take a break in a couple of minutes. Tell us uh, how people can learn more about what you do and about your workshops. Sure. Um, I have a website, and it's www.claravillarosa.com. That's V-L-A-R-A-V-I-L-L-A-R-O-S-A. Yes, just like it sounds, Villa Rosa. Clara is the first name, www.claravillarosa.com. And I list the workshops that I'm doing, where I'm going to be, the next ones, and tell you how you can sign up for them, and they are free. Oh, that's wonderful. Do you have any online, or people do people travel to go to the workshops? Uh, usually, but 
I was in Denver, and I did three in Denver last week. I'm back in New York, and the next place I'm looking to go to is two other cities, is Atlanta and in D.C. Mm-hmm. Okay. So people can find out about this by going to Clara Villarosa. And when we come back, we're going to talk more to Clara about her book, which is Down to Business, The First Ten Steps for Entrepreneurship for Women, and this one on sale in September. And Clara teaches others how they can become successful entrepreneurs by providing a 10-step blueprint for starting your own businesses. So I think when we come back, Clara, what we may want to do is look at the 10 steps, yes. know what they are, and maybe share some stories with our listeners about some of the women that you've written about in your book. Perfect. All right. So you are listening, folks, to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, and this is a specially pre-recorded program for you. This will air on Monday, and that will be October the 26th. I believe that's correct. Yes, it is. And uh, you also, folks, can write to me, Patricia, at PatriciaRaskin.com, and I'd be certainly happy to put you on my mailing list. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more to Clara Villarosa about her book, Down to Business. Okay, folks, stay tuned. You're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. How many of us haven't felt ripped off at one time or another? Don't you wish you had some place to tune in for the answers? Join Jennifer Litwin every week on The Shop Cop. She'll take the time to explain real value and keep you away from the fraud that's out there in the shopping world. Jennifer has become the shopper's advocate, which means she can get you on the right track. Her guests are a who's who in the retail world. Don't get caught making a mistake in this down economy. Jennifer Litwin is here to help. The Shop Cop, live Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Network marketing is of vital importance in today's business economy. What if you could have direct education from an outstanding and successful master coach who's inspired hundreds of successful individuals across the country? Tune in to Creating the Energy of Success, the Network Marketer's Guide to Wealth with Frank Malander, the wise coach who has worked with successful distributors from six of the major network marketing companies as well as Fortune 500 companies. Listen Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard Hitting Radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are back. You are listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. And my guest today is Clara Villarosa, and her book is Down to Business, The First Ten Steps for Entrepreneurship for Women. And Clara certainly knows where she speaks. She opened the Human Experience Bookstore in Denver more than two decades ago, and later opened a second enormously successful branch in Harlem. She's a business coach. She's led workshops all over, all over the country for dozens of clients. She's a recipient of more than 30 awards, including the National Minority Entrepreneur of the Year, and she lives in Harlem, New York. And she's going to talk to us about her book. Welcome back, Clara. Thank you. Glad all to be All right. Back. So your book is Down to Business, The First Ten Steps for Entrepreneurship for Women. So what is the first step we need to know about? The first step is, I believe I can fly, but do I have the wings? And that's the step that talks about your personal characteristics that you bring to the table that are required, or I feel that are required, if you're going to be good at business. And in the first chapter, I talk about a woman, Connie Perez. Now, Connie started out doing a house cleaning plain, straight-up house cleaning, and she wanted to do it because she saw other women around her who needed work, and so she wanted to start a business so she could hire these people. And once the business went started going well, she decided to expand it and do post-construction cleaning, which means she had to go in once the building was constructed and clean up and prepare it for the tenants to go in. Now, once construction began dried, dried up to degree, she started to do, she became very assertive and started going and to banks who had properties in foreclosures and cleaned those up. When people moved out, she had to go in and do cleanup. So she was very creative in terms of thinking, what can I do now once one of my client base dried up? And so mm. she was very creative and thinking about what she could do next. Uh, and came up with some very creative strategies. Yes, she did. And didn't and get discouraged. And did not get discouraged, started to put her thinking cap on, and also talked to her employees to say, okay, what can we do to keep this little ship going? And they really helped in problem solving as to what they, what they could do. And that made sense to go into foreclosures because often the people moved out of those, ho- home, oh, those homes and didn't do a thorough cleanup. So she had to do and get go in and do the cleanup so it's ready for a resale. Mm. 
So it's very creative and something that was needed. And something that was definitely needed. All right, let's he do... took a lemon um, and made lemonade. Let's do the second principle. All right, the second principle. Now, name and claim your dream. What is it you have to drill down? What is it that you do? What is... Describe your business in detail. Now, I was in retail. I sold books. That was my product. I was in a niche market, an African-American specialty bookstore. So primarily my customers were African-American. So I was clear on what it is I wanted to do, and I had to name it and claim it. Also, I had to think in terms of pricing. With book business, that was kind of easy, but for Connie, it wasn't easy. What was she going to charge? Was she going to charge enough? She had to charge enough to make the business successful, but she couldn't overcharge, so she had to look at her competitors. Many times women start, when they start off, they're afraid to charge enough, and so they start too low, and it's very difficult to raise your prices once you get started, but if you go in a little bit higher, you could always lower that price and say to customers that you're offering them a discount. Absolutely. And that makes a big difference. That can make or break it. It certainly does. You have to price the product, and you have to price the product based on the competition. And so you have to know what other people are pricing the same product and the same service as. Absolutely. All right, let's look at number three. Number three, research your competition. And that is make certain that you know what, not just what they're pricing, but what are they doing. And there's such a thing as direct competition and indirect competition and then subsequent competition. Your direct competition is somebody that's selling the same product or the same exact service that you are. Your indirect competition is somebody that's servicing your client but offering more services, more other services that you you don't offer. For instance, if you're selling sneakers, there may be a sneaker store, but also there's Models, which is a sports store, and they sell sneakers plus other things. And then it's the competition that you find once you get started. Somebody opens another store just like yours in the backyard or offers your same service. And but, but on the other hand, though, that's something that we have to deal with, and sometimes people get discouraged over that. And what, as you said, what you need to realize is that that's going to happen. You are going to have the competition. That's right. In, the, in, the, in that chapter, there's a woman who opened a wine store. Now, when she opened that wine store in Harlem, there were no other wine stores. Hmm. And so she went out and did a survey and passed the survey out to ask people where were they buying their wine, how much they were paying for, what wines did they like, and then she asked them at the bottom to uh, give them their phone numbers and their email address so once she opened the store, she had a ready-made customer base. But once she opened, someone opened the same day she opened. One of her customers opened nine months later six blocks from her, and then finally a third one opened. So she had to look at that competition and say, what can I do to up the ante for my store? She opened a wine bar. Oh, very clever. Very clever. 
so you what you're saying is you utilize the competition to see where's the niche, maybe what's not being covered, what's a little bit different. And how how can you offer a more service, better service, and or is it a niche? Okay. Or is it something that you can do that you find and you, you may also find that some some of them don't offer good customer service. So that's how you want to stand out. By servicing your customers. Well, that's always, customer service always wins out, don't you think? it does. Because if you ask your customers what they they like, one of the things they said about the bookstore, they like the customer service, they like the ambiance, they like the product line. So periodically you ask your customers what they like so that you can keep in touch with them to ensure they're staying with you. Mm-hmm. And and that's another thing. I don't know which principle this is, but staying with your clients always and making sure you're meeting their needs on a regular basis because, you know, if you don't check in and call, some things, sometimes things happen, and if you had checked in and stayed with them, you would catch it. Yes. And so it's always good to stay in touch with them and ask them to check off and say, what are you doing well and what aren't you doing well? Because it's much more difficult if you, if a customer becomes dissatisfied with your service and goes off, they may tell how many other people about what they perceived as bad service or a difficult or bad product. So you really have to make certain that those customers, one, stay with you and are pleased with your service so they don't go out and, what I say, bad mouth you. All right, let's look at number three, or did we cover that? I'm not sure we did. We covered number three about the competition. How about number four? And number four is creating your launching pad. What, how are you going to structure your business? Whether it's sole proprietorship, it's just you. Do you have partners? And I had partners for the first one, and also for the second one. But for the store in Harlem, my partners were wives of the New York Knicks, and they had to be protected. So we had to create an entity so that um, we shielded the resources from my um, partners from any potential claims. Also, you want to know, for instance, at the first store, it was a subchapter S which is a corporation but lost money. Because in the beginning, I didn't make money, but it was to my advantage for those losses to flow to me personally and mm-hmm. to my partner. Mm. However, I had to have an accountant on board so that as soon as I started to uh, make a profit, we had to switch over to a, a general corp. Mm-hmm. And that's when we entered, I call your superhero. You've got two superheroes so far. You've got your accountant, and also you've got your lawyer, because the lawyer sits down and makes certain that you do the right structure for your financial situation. And also, we always, it's easy to get in business, but what happens when the partners disagree and one wants to leave? My attorney was very fortunate for it was very fortunate for me because he said, I'm gonna make sure you go into business, but I'm also going to allow for what happens when things don't work out between the two of you. And I said to him, Don't worry about it. We're friends. 
18 months later, I was ready to kiss him. Mm. I said, yes. And what he did was structure it so that once she left, I could still maintain the business. And there was a structure that allowed me to buy out and in a way that did not, I didn't have to lose money or lose the business. So really what you're saying is it's really important to get legal help and financial help. I mean, that's, that's critical. You know, even if you don't have the money, it's important to find it because those people will really help you stay on track. Yes, they, yes, they do. And um, the fifth one, ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Mm-hmm. Show me the money. Absolutely. It's, you, it's, it's always nice if you can come with your own money and with enough money to, to build your business. But that doesn't often happen. Right. I was was going to say that. (laughs) No. That's a wish. And so, but most banks aren't often easy to loan money to a new business. I remember that when I started the first business in in Denver, I didn't go to a bank because I'm an ex-banker. And if I had come to me, I would not have loaned me money. So I had to start small mm-hmm. and then build the business because I, di- I was undercapitalized. I really didn't have enough money, but I put everything back into the business in order to capitalize it. All right, and we're going to take a break on that note, and then we're going to talk about other principles that, uh, that are in your book. And my guest today is Clara Villarosa, who has some wonderful practical strategies for women and for all of us. Her book is Down to Business, The First Ten Steps to Entrepreneurship for Women. You can log on to claravillarosa.com, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the other principles, the other five steps to entrepreneurship for women. Stay tuned. You're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your team. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. The Interstate Sportsman Talk radio show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join host Brock Ray and Don Kirk Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern, for the Interstate Sportsman on the Voice America channel. There is so much complexity behind intimate connections. Wouldn't you like a better understanding into the how and why of how intimate connections are formed, how they deepen, and how they are broken? 
Tune in to the Intimacy Connection with Dr. Raymond Jones to learn more about the different facets of adult connections. It's an audio guidebook to why relationships form, flourish, or break apart as they do. The Intimacy Connection, live every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you're thinking of starting a business or are already in business, tune in as the Kitchen Table Entrepreneur addresses business ownership concerns. Business novice or not, let the Kitchen Table Entrepreneur help you each week as we present and discuss the meat and potato issues of starting and running a business. Join the discussion. There's always room for your thoughts and opinions. The Kitchen Table Entrepreneur is a valuable program you should be tuning into every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. are back. You are listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com. And we have a specially pre-recorded program for you today. My guest is Clara Villarosa, and her book is Down to Business, The First Ten Steps to Entrepreneurship for Women. And Clara knows where she speaks. She, she started the Human Experience Bookstore in Denver more than two decades ago and later opened a second enormously successful branch in Harlem. A business coach, she's led workshops for dozens of clients. She's a recipient of more than 30 awards, including the National Minority Entrepreneur of the Year Award, and she lives in Harlem, New York. And she teaches workshops all over the country. And again, her book is the first is Down to Business, The First Ten Steps for Entrepreneurship for Women, and you can log on to clarabillarosa.com. Welcome back, Clara. Thank you. Okay, location. let's talk about step number six. Location, location, location. Oh, that's Where like real you... estate. <laughs> what? That's like real estate. Right. Where will you put your business? If you're doing retail, what do you need? You need traffic. And there's an example in the book of a woman who opened a delightful little tea room. No traffic. Plus, she had an onerous lease. So negotiate with that landlord at the front end because once it's signed, it's too late to go back and change things. So make certain you get whatever you can at the front end. Free rent. Um, build out. Ask the landlord to pay to build out and prepare the space for you. There are many things that you can do and we talk about in the book. Now, sometimes you can do a home-based business and there's um, a woman in the, in the book who did um, a bread and breakfast. She had a brownstone and mm-hmm. she had long-term tenants that were giving her grief and she decided to open a bed and breakfast. It was much easier for her to deal with short-term tenants. And she had a business at home. There's a woman who does online only. She does handbags, and the handbags come from Cambodia. So she uses that as a nice little pitch. When you buy her handbag, you're not just supporting a woman from Cambodia. You are supporting a family. Mm-hmm. So home-based is make certain you have the space. And if you have the space, that's tax deductible. If you can't afford 
um, sometime retail space. There are other types of incubators that I speak about that allow you to use group services. And so it's much more helpful and much more economic. Chapter 7. Okay. Number 7 in your steps is? Customers. Who's buying what you're selling and what do you know about them? And the things that you know about them will help you in determining how you're going to reach them. And how do you go about finding out exactly what they need? Because sometimes, you know, Clara, you don't know. I mean, you think you know, but you don't know somebody's real personal tastes. I mean, no, you know you certain don't. things. I guess you have to ask the right questions. You have to ask the right questions. You have to do surveys. You go in and research because if you, you may find that associations, for instance, the American Booksellers Association, they have done studies as to who are the best customers for books. There, there are all kinds of associations. If you want food, for selling food, and the associations very often have done studies to help you understand who is that target customer. And then for number eight, once you know who they are, now you've got to find them and get them to come to you. So how do you get the word out? Calling all customers. What do you do? If you have money, of course, you can put ads in everything. You can even do radio shows. But one of the things that I did, because I didn't have very much money, I would barter. So I gave free books. So you can offer free services or free products, and they can then offer you free space on the radio. Mm -hmm. The best is word of mouth, and that is um, each one teach one. Each one bring one. Use your customers to get other customers. Make certain that customer service is good and then encourage them and reward them. Give them some kind of a incentive for bringing the customers in. Keep track of those customers because you, have a, you start collecting from day one the data. Please sign in and sign our guest book. And make certain you get that email address because that's how you're going to keep in touch with them. And do newsletters. Do something that's of interest to your customers. Newsletters are very important. That really makes a difference because it does keep you in touch with people. That's right. And give them helpful hints, helpful tips, something to keep keep them interested and keep them in the front of that brain. Absolutely. Now, all right, next step, I think next, we're on number eight. Number eight, we, that's, we just did number eight, calling all customers. Suppose you need employees. Where are you going to find them? That's number nine. Help wanted, hiring employees. It's always important to, to find out what do you need. Write a job description. That's essential so that you know what it is you will expect from the person you hire. I found it was always good to let customers know when you're looking for someone. And the customers were often some of the best employees because they understood, one, about the product, and two, they understood about customer service and how important that is. Remember, you've got to hire them and make certain you know also how to let them go once it's not working out. That's also, you know, that sounds easy. Sometimes it's easier said than done. It certainly is, and you need to do it the right way because the last thing you want to do is to get into trouble with a suit. 
Mm-hmm. So how do you hire people? And also, how do you stay in touch with your employees in, to ensure that they're happy and that you're doing a good job? Evaluate your employees. Give them feedback. Let them know when they're doing well because you appreciate it when somebody lets you know then, and rewards you and lets you know. And also, you, you need to sit, let people know when they need some improvement. Set some standards for them. And finally, in the last chapter, get ready, get set. No, stop. Don't go. (laughs) Wait, you haven't done that business plan. Mm, That's important. Right. And so put it to paper. And a lot of times you don't want to do that because you say it's too hard. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, sometimes you're afraid to put it to paper. That concretizes it for you. Now you really have to do something. And so I say to you, after you read this book, name three things that you're going to need to get this business off the ground or to move your business to the next level. Decide how much time you're going to devote to the first one to get it done, and then the second one, and then the third one, and then reward yourself when you get those things done. Mm-hmm. But set a time frame and set a goal for yourself. All right. All right. Well, we have a few minutes left, so let's talk about some of the success stories of people that you have been working with and people that are in your, in your book. Give us one terrific story. You've given us several, but maybe one that illustrates, uh, you know, one of these key points. Um, one is uh, for customers. Liz Beer. Liz Beer sells handcrafted items, not just handcrafted, handwoven. She weaves her cloth, and then she makes the garments. Now, she knows her customer. She can describe that person, the age, the, who buys her, her garments, somebody who appreciates handcrafted. Um, m- many times these people are located at fairs, and also down the down south because that's where you see much more craft going. Hmm. And so she's figured that out by conducting her research. Um, you know, Clara, what do you do if you have the pieces together, but you're really undercapitalized, and you you know you've got the idea? You've got, I mean, what what do you do? You, do you just keep talking to people? You keep to try to get venture to capital. Um, Try to raise the capital, friends, family, and also drill down to see if there's a less expensive way of doing it. Suppose you say, I'm do- I have a nice clothing line. I want to start my own. Mm-hmm. It may be better to do that at home and to have people come in to check out the things and things that you've made one woman wanted to do a vintage clothing, do vintage clothing, and she started in her home. And she had the friends and family come in, and pretty soon the word spread. And so it expanded, um, but she started out very low, low expenses, and that worked for her. So again, start small. Start small, start small, small, small. And um, 
You know, I, I have to tell you, and you may have watched this on television. I don't watch a lot of television, but there's a new program called Shark Tank. I don't know if you've heard of it. Called what? Shark Tank. Shark Tank, yes. And it's very interesting because these are people like the kinds of people you're describing in your book. I've seen them. They come up with great ideas, and they go to these, they call them sharks. These are millionaire and billionaires who, you know, take their own money and they fund these folks. Angels. Angel investors. Yes, that's exactly what they are. But, of course, the, the, the people who come and who are selected have to convince we call them the sharks or the investors, That's you know, right. why they are worthy. And what I find so ed- interesting and educational is the kinds of questions that these investors ask them because, I mean, it's a, you know, the questions really make you think. You know, have you patented your idea? Yes. How many of these have you sold? Where have you done your research? Yes. What is your competitor doing? You know, how much did you make last year? And someone said, between 500 and 600,000, and one of the investors said, that's not good enough. What do you mean somewhere between? Somewhere you between. should know exactly. Don't you know? I thought yes. that was interesting. So it's, it's very, um, it's, it's well it's done it's because it's even though it's entertainment, do. you're really learning what, what the key points are. Yes. The book tells you what the shark, uh, the questions that the sharks will ask you. And that's how, when I, when I watched it, I was saying, oh, no, they didn't do so-and-so. They didn't do such-and-such. And I could tell almost before they got to when they were doing the presentation. Yeah. I said, oops, I don't think they've done that home- their homework on this one. I think that it's a well-done program, don't it you? Is. I think it's, it's, it's well done. And very often so, it really is helpful when someone asks you the right question yes. to make you think, the exercises in the book ask you the right question mm-hmm. to help you to think so I can take that business to the next level or I can get it started and it makes sense. And I'm going to have something that I consider is sustainable. And that means the business can take care of itself and take care of your, your needs. And sometimes the women are doing it because they're wanting to supplement income. They want to do something at home. They have, uh, have children at home, and they're stay-at-home moms. And so they, they feel that I really want to do something not just for the money, but for the gratification. Mm. They want to send the children to college, so that brings the extra money into the household to provide for that. Yeah, so, absolutely. And sometimes you may not make a lot of money, but you may make enough. Miss Nene's Kitchen, she makes cupcakes and brownies and sweets and cookies, and she sells them out of her home, and she wants to be at home because she's having a baby. So it makes sense for her to do this, and she's not interested in going and doing a retail business. She's got enough customers that she can do it, and she's branched out, and now she's doing wedding cakes. Mm. And she's expanded her skill in cake decorating. Very important. Yes. So there are lots of motivational stories in the book that help you to say, you know what, my idea, hmm, I think I think I can go for it. And I try to encourage people to go for it, but read and do your homework and learn what it is you need to do that's going to ensure that your business is sustainable and because we want you to be in this for the long haul, so we want you to get started right and do it right. Mm-hmm. 
Where have you found in all of your 10 steps, Clara, that uh, women um, have an issue? Like if they get stuck, is there a certain step they get stuck on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is it? Money. Sure. Mm-hmm. That, that tends to lock you up. Mm-hmm. The fear of not having the money? The fear of not making enough money. Right. So then you stop the, prematurely. You stop. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You get scared because mm-hmm. money scares people. Well, sure. Right. Well, sure. Um, and then what I say, it's not really money. It's customers. So let's talk about how you're going to get more customers. Very often people will say, I want to go to the bank and borrow money. Do you really need money or do you need customers? Because Mm -hmm. if you borrow the money, as soon as you walk out the door, you're going to have to pay that money back with interest. So you're going to need business in order to do that. So it feels like it's money, but I try to drill down and say, is it money or is it customers? And then that sometimes gets you off the stuck to unstick you, and then you begin to think about what can I do to make money, more money. And that's that's something that's a very good point. And but people do get scared, you know, because you know what happens when they're trying to get customers and the customers aren't coming. Yes, then you come on. We've got to drill down a little bit more. Did you analyze your customer base? Are you going out to the right places to look for your customers? For instance, if you wanted to start a concierge business, concierge business means you wanted to do services for somebody who's busy but has money. So where would you market for concierge services? Look in different types of magazines, upscale magazines. You're looking where people... What about having a partner? What about having somebody help you? That's always good, but make certain that the two of you are matched because yeah. it's like a marriage. Yes. <laughs> and so you, you spend some time... I didn't do much research for the first partner, and it turned out she wasn't a reader and she'd only read one book, and it was The Color Purple. Mm. And so you really need to determine compatibility and the skill sets. What do you bring to the table and what do they bring to the table to ensure that it's matched and it's something and that you are compatible. Mm. Because it's nothing worse than being in bed with someone you can't stand. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So partnerships are good. But make sure you you have made the assessment to make certain that it's the right partner for you. Okay. And so some people a, will say, I'm much left. better alone. So we have a couple minutes left, so let's look at closing thoughts. What is your major message that you really want to leave our listeners with today? I want them to believe that they can do it, and I want to ensure that you do it right. And that's the reason why I... I did this book because I saw many businesses that weren't starting off on the right foot, and it was hard to make up. I did it by the seat of my pants, and I wish someone had sort of taken me by the coattail and said, 
can we go through these steps for you mm. and to think it through so that it ensures whatever success is out there for you that you can you can build on it and you can do it i want people to feel that they can do it and with the steps you will do it and you will be inspired and there are some how to stuff in here to really get you motivated because i know how hard it is to be motivated and stay motivated yeah yeah, particularly when you're doing something entrepreneurial. What? Particularly when you're an entrepreneur. Yes, because um, it. Remember, you're out there by yourself. Exactly. And the sharks are all around you. Pardon the. P- <laughs> mm. And so you have to, I say, have shark repellent mm. to ensure that you're whatever you're doing, you're doing it right. And often you, do, you feel that once I open my door, they will come. So you overestimate how much revenue you're going to bring in. You underestimate your expenses and also sometimes underestimate how much time it's going to take to get that business. The going. time is, is really the issue. Time is the issue. Mm-hmm. Well, I've really enjoyed having you on the program. I wanted to share and let people know that my guest has been Clara Villarosa, and her book is Down to Business, and it's 10 Steps for Women. So it's the first 10 Steps for Entrepreneurship for Women. Now, you wrote this with Alicia Villarosa. That's right. That's and that is your daughter. Isn't because wonderful? I was doing the workshops, and when I translated what I was doing as a presenter and put it to paper, it was dull. Mm-hmm. My daughter said, Mother, it has no punch. It will put people to sleep. Isn't that great? But your mother-daughter team, what a wonderful yes. thing. And your daughter's a corporate runaway yes. who left public relations to earn her master's degree in social work from Adelphi, and she's a freelance writer, blogger, and self-employed instructor. Yes. And uh, teaches Pilates and exercise for over 25 years. And she and her mother, Clara and Alicia, worked on this book together. Yes. So I want to tell people, log on to com. The book is Down to Business, The First Ten Steps for Entrepre- to Entrepreneurship for Women. And I really thank you for being on the program, Clara. Thank you for having me. And thank you for being there to get the word out to women to let them know that thank they you. can do it and there are people around to support them. Thank you. That's that's what I do. I get yes. the word out. I'm the, the bumblebee, the pollinator. I pollinate through the airwaves. That's what we do. So, folks, we've come I'm so to the close. There. Of, yeah, of positive. Stay on the line, Clara. So, folks, yeah. we come to the end of positive living just for today, and uh, we'll be back with you in the very beginning of November with the live show. And this show will air on the 26th on Monday of October. And I want to say to you, as I always do when I close my program, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin, Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. listening to Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's book, Pathfindings, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to raskinresources.com. 
And tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Positive Living right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff, and management.